0: Is that private party? The revolution is televised. To music of the mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host Andrew Rich. This is episode one thirty-eight, and um, this is not going to be you know a full proper episode this week. Uh, more of a triple S episode, short. Simple and solo. Uh, Much like my love life, folks. But uh, anyway, uh, (laughs) I'm going to give you guys a little recap of my trip this past weekend to Chicago for the big Forbidden Door pay-per-view. The first co-branded AEW New Japan show. And um, I did one of these when I went to All Out last year. Um, So this will be more of the same uh the big difference though is that uh unlike the all out recap, I am not dead ass tired. Uh, <laughs> I got some sleep, I got some shut eye, and I am uh, fully rested for this recap here, so that's a big difference right there but uh yeah, uh forbidden door uh when they announced the show you know over a month ago, I was determined to go. you know I said, all right, I wanna be there for that show live. I have to go to that and uh right away the the conversation in the v o w slack was like, okay. Let's get a suite. Let's pool our resources. Let's get the money together and get a suite for the show and make it a very special night for all of us. Uh, and we did. We all chipped in, got the suite. Um, not all of us, all of us. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, all all 50 contributors to VUW were all in that little suite together. But uh, the people going, you know, we all chipped in. And uh, it was, I think, around 20 people altogether. So, uh, yeah, cool stuff. Um, now... I did an episode of the great and wonderful Alan Forel's podcast, ProRes Paradise, on the uh, PW Torch Network, uh, about Forbidden Door, a preview of the show. And uh, we mentioned how, you know, uh, my excitement level, it had kind of dipped a little bit in the build-up to the show. Because when they announced the show, I was super into it. I was super pumped up. But as time went on, and the build wasn't really all that great, and... There weren't a lot of proper dream matches on the card itself, and, and even worse, the injuries, which took away those dream matches. You know, no Punk, no Brian, Kenny Omega still out, Ishii taking off the card, Romu taken off the card, no Naito, no Ibushi, uh, no Andrade or Lucha Brothers because of the whole AAA, CMLL bullshit. So, yeah, I was disappointed with the card on paper in comparison to the one in my head and in all of our heads, I think. Um, But as I told Alan on that episode, you know, even though I was disappointed, I was still really looking forward to going. And, you know, once I got in the suite and the show started, I'd have a fun time and it'd be a fun show. And uh, boy, oh boy, did I underestimate just how much fun it would be and how much of a good time I would have and how good of a show it would be. Uh, but we'll get to that soon, I know. But uh, but yeah, uh, the great Alan Forel, a good friend and a prose pro, and always a pleasure to be on his show whenever I'm on there. So um, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, um, you're a bit late to the party, I'd say, because the show's already happened. But uh, look, if you want to listen to it now, I won't stop you. You, know, you do you. Do your own thing. Be my guest. So yeah, uh, The Big Trip. Let's get to it then. Uh, it was from Saturday to Monday. I flew out from Boston to Chicago at, I think it was stupid o'clock in the morning. It was it was very, very early and I was on pretty much no sleep. So uh, yeah, not a lot of fun. I did manage to sleep on the plane a little bit, but the flight is like, I don't know, three hours. So yeah, no uh, no 40 winks for me or 41 winks as Brian Butterfield would say. So I get to Chicago all safe and sound, and uh, I do a little walking around. I'm not really much of a sightseeing kind of guy. That's not really my thing, but I did walk around a little bit because I had some time to kill before the Airbnb check-in. But um, it was also kind of gray and rainy that day, too. So, uh, yeah, not much fun to to walk around in that. But I checked into my Airbnb, and uh, I pretty much just relaxed for the rest of the day. Uh, again, the weather was so blah, and I was so tired that I just kind of chilled out in the Airbnb for the rest of that Saturday, um, outside of dinner, of course. But, um, yeah, that that was Saturday. That, that's pretty much the entire day for me. So yeah. Um, now Sunday, that was the day, the big day, not just because of the show, but because of the pre-show VOW barbecue. Uh, we did one last year at, uh, Chris Sampson's house. Uh, Him and his wife, Megan, were the hosts. And, uh, we did the same thing for this year, and uh, like last year, it was a wonderfully delicious and fun time. Um, Chris is a wunderkind on the grill, cooking up all sorts of, of great meats to eat. And, uh, oh boy, was there a lot of meat to eat. Uh, there was more meat than a Sean Stasiak comp tape. Folks, there we go. Um, but yeah, no, seriously, it was a lot of fun being at the barbecue and uh, it was fun to just be among friends. You know, there wasn't as many people as there were last year's cookout, but still a pretty nice group, uh, including guys I'd never met before in person, like Kelly Harris and Jeff Andrews. Um, people I haven't seen in, in years, like John Carroll and Sean Sedor and uh, people from last year's group, like Alex Wenlin, Jeremy Sexton, uh, Steve Case, and his wife Elise. So yeah, a, a fun time uh, being there at Chris's house and uh, eating lots of barbecue and, and having fun and talking wrestling. And and that's a big part of the trip. It's not just about the wrestling show. It's getting together with friends and and reconnecting and laughing and joking and eating and drinking and and shaking hands and hugging and all the the camaraderie that makes these trips so much more fun and so much more worthwhile. Um, So, yeah, that was the barbecue. Uh, We stuffed our faces like pigs for a couple of hours. And uh, then we went to the United Center for Forbidden Door. In the lovely suite, and uh, the suite was was pretty good. You know, it wasn't a crazy looking suite. It was pretty straightforward, just just a room with more food and drink to consume. That was pretty much it. But the seats were nice. Got a great view of the ring, and uh, I got to meet some more people there. Uh, Damon from Super J Cast, Sean Flynn, former guest, uh, Adam Berger, VOW contributor. So. Yeah, I didn't, like, eat a ton in the suite because I was still pretty full from the, the barbecue, but I, I had a couple things, and um, overall I was just kind of excited about the show and being there live, so yeah. Um, now, the show itself, I'm not going to recap, you know, match by match or go through it with a fine-tooth comb or anything. It's it's more of a big-picture thoughts kind of deal here. And, um, you know, I said this about All Out when I went there last year. I said that All Out was... Not only the best show I've been to live in my life, but also the best AEW show to date. And I think Forbidden Door has taken both of those mantles. Because whatever you want to say about the build and and politics and curses and injuries or whatever, the end result, the final product, what we got was an incredible all-timer of a show. For a couple of different reasons. Number one was the crowd. This crowd was amped up and ready to go from the first match on the buy-in all the way to the main event. This crowd was hot and invested all the way through because they knew they were seeing something special. This was a special show. You know, where else are you going to see Sting jump off the entrance rig like Batman... And then become best friends with Shingo Takagi. You know, where else are you going to see Katsuyori Shibata save Orange Cassidy from a beatdown and then wear the sunglasses to rapturous applause and cheers? You know, it's like, yeah, this was a really special occasion because, yeah, we're seeing a lot of New Japan guys who we haven't seen live in a very long time.
1: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. Off again, that's arena club.com slash vow net, arena club.com slash vow net for ten percent off your first purchase on Arena Club, and we thank them for sponsoring the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast. door is unlocked much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Ufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Ufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door.
0: If ever... And they're interacting with AEW wrestlers who they don't normally interact with. That's that's the whole hook and appeal of the show. It's these two different sets of guys coming together. And yeah, was it the dream card we all wanted? Maybe not. But that crowd still treated this show like it was a major, major deal. I mean, on the buy-in, when Yoshihashi's music hits and the people pop for it, you knew, okay, this is going to be something special. And it was. So the crowd was great. And, you know, normally that's not often the case with AEW pay-per-views. You know, a lot of times with these shows, they're long and there gets to a point where the crowd just kind of burns out and loses their energy. And maybe they pick it back up. But there's at least one part of the show where there's like a considerable dip in uh, crowd energy. It happened at all out when I went there. It happened at double or nothing last month. It happened at revolution before that. So yeah, these things tend to happen at AEW pay-per-views. Not the case for this one. The crowd was up all night. And I think the big reason for that was a, the pacing of the show. This show did not feel as long as it was. It flew by and B was the match quality. And more importantly, the consistency of the match quality. Because there have been a lot of AEW pay-per-views, especially in recent times where they just deliver some awesome matches. I thought Revolution this year, great pay-per-view in terms of match quality. Uh, Double or Nothing had a lot of great matches on there, including Anarchy in the Arena, which I went five stars on. All Out last year, again, a lot of great matches, including Lucha Brothers versus The Young Bucks in the Cage which to this day is still the best match I've ever seen live. The thing is, though, those shows, as great as they were, also had dips. There were some okay or forgettable or even bad matches on those shows. Forbidden Door, on the other hand, this show was as consistent as you can be in delivering very good to great matches. If I could use a baseball analogy, there have been shows with home runs, Sometimes even grand slams. But also, you know, a couple of ground outs or, or bloop singles. This show was like double, triple, home run, home run, line drive, home run, another triple. Like, the bat was cracking all night long. And and some matches were better than others. But there was no point in the show where I was like, Alright, this is kind of whatever. or This stinks. No, this show was great from the buy-in where you had, like, Despian versus Keith and Swerve in a great little tag match, to the opener of the main show with the six-man between Jericho, Sammy, and Suzuki versus Kingston, Yuta, and Shota, all the way up to the main event with Mox Tanahashi and everything in between, including what I thought was the match of the night between Will Ospreay and Orange Cassidy. That match, it didn't reach the zenith of Young Bucks, Lucha Brothers, but it's up there. I mean, going in, I knew it was going to be a banger, But boy, did that match deliver and then some. Just seeing the interplay between Osprey and Orange and their different characters and the sequences, the near falls towards the end, the crowd going crazy. Just an incredible match. And of course, the post-match stuff with Shibata was the icing on the cake, really. Um, I mean, I will freely admit I jumped up and down like a child when his music hit and he came out because I was that excited for him. Um, Same for when Pac... Won the All Atlantic title. I did jump up and down then too, cause I love Pac so much. But, but yeah, every match on this show delivered in some way or another. You know, whether it was Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa, that was really good. Uh, Zack Saber Jr. versus Claudio Castagnoli, who, by the way, got easily one of, if not the biggest pop of the night when he came out. That was a crazy reaction live. Uh, that was a great match. The main event, Mox Tanahashi. You know. That was a dream match for a lot of people, including myself. It had been built up for a very long time, and it was indeed an awesome main event. I mean, the part I'll never forget is towards the end where Tanahashi completely turned the crowd to his favor against Mox. That was a sight to behold. Um, But yeah, I mean, even the four-ways, those were a lot of fun. And I wasn't looking forward to seeing two four-ways in the same show uh, let alone one for the world title, you know, but uh, but still, good action. Um, I really enjoyed seeing a guy like Clark Connors get the fans behind him in his match, and, you know, of course, seeing Okada get the megastar pop and treatment in his match. That was fun to see, and, and again, you know, a great crowd like this will elevate anything, and they did that for those two four-ways, to me. Um, the only letdown, the only little slip-up, I think, was the ending of that, world title four-way uh where okada went for the rainmaker on cole cole kind of collapsed a bit jay came in with the blade runner on okada and just kind of pinned cole uh on nothing um which was weird to see live and a bit deflating but we found out quickly afterwards that cole was injured so they had to you know improvise but also get out of there quickly and not injure cole further which is understandable You know, you don't want the guy to get further injured, uh, especially with the current injury bug going around the locker room in AEW. Um, So that was, uh, you know, again, a letdown. But Mox Tanahashi picked it back up right afterwards. So, uh, yeah, they got us back. So, um, yeah, that was Forbidden Door. Uh, Again, just an amazing, fun, unforgettable night of wrestling. And I'm not alone in that. You know, this show is getting a lot of praise from everyone. Uh, The suite was just buzzing. The entire night through, I sat next to Damon during the show, and at one point I look over to him and I'm like, this is a pretty fucking great show, isn't it? And he's like, dude, I think this is the best show I've ever been to. And Damon's been to a lot of wrestling shows over the years, so if he says that, then that really means something. But um, but uh, yeah, that was Forbidden Door, a show that, you know, on paper looked okay, but a bit disappointing, but the actual show itself was A+. plus. 10 out of 10. And and think about this. If the show was that great without Punk, without Brian, without Omega, without Naito, without a lot of guys, think of how good it will be next year when those guys are around, knock on wood, and they can put on more dream matches for us to enjoy. Think about that. I can't wait. I want it now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was Sunday. That was the big day. And uh, Monday was going home day. So um, I did manage to go to Bertillo's on Monday, though. I did go there because I couldn't leave Chicago without trying Bertillo's. And I uh, got a couple of dogs, some fries, a nice root beer. And I uh, gotta say, pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. So yeah, I flew home uh, Monday night, got back home, safe and Sound. And on time, by the way. I will say another big plus of this trip was no flight delays and no cancellations. I know that uh, there have been a lot of those lately with air travel. It sucks. It's the worst. It's happened to me before, but this time it didn't. So uh, airplane guides, if you're up there, thank you for the smooth and easy flights. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Man. Thank you so much for listening. And again, Next time, I will give you a full, proper episode. But uh, until then, I will say that Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at VoicesofWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Matt. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. VoicesofWrestling.com slash Discord for all discussions and comments. VoicesofWrestling.com slash Donate. For all donations, Uh, just click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys.